Hey, thanks so much for your interest in this sermon. We're gonna get right to it in just a minute. Before we do that, I wanna let you know that what you're about to watch is part of a greater series called The Forest in the Seed. And it's more than just a teaching series, it's actually a year-end initiative where we're asking everybody to consider at King's Church, how do I take ownership and bless what God is blessing to feed what's been feeding me? How do I move into stewardship and even maybe partnership? And I wanna ask you to consider that same thing. If this ministry and these sermons have blessed you, I wanna ask you to consider joining us as we do a year-end offering on December 1st. And you can do that online. You can go to our website at kingschurch.cc and find out more about how you can partner with us and help get this message out farther than ever before and before more people than ever before. So I wanna ask you to consider partnering. But before that, why don't you enjoy this message? You guys have been here hopefully for the last couple of weeks of this Forest in the Seed campaign. And so we know that we're being called to something new as a church, amen? And we're being called into a new season of growth. And we sort of got our marching orders. We know that next weekend, that we're going to come together and we're going to have this amazing year-end offering and we are going to give of our time and our talent and our treasure that some of us are going to move into ownership, some of us are going to move into stewardship, others of us are going to move into partnership. But I want to just propose one simple question for our time together today is what happens when we give to the church? And not just what happens when, you know, somebody gives to the church, but what happens when I give to the church? What happens when I sow my seed of investment into the church? What happens when I give my first fruit? What happens when I become an owner? What happens when I move into stewardship and partnership? What happens when I make it personal? And that's the question I want to just examine with our time together today. We're going to celebrate baptisms. It's going to be amazing. Are you guys excited to celebrate baptisms in a few moments? Like, this is going to be such a special morning. But I want us just to take a second. Like, to, this is our last weekend before the big offering, before the year-end offering, before this campaign wraps up. And I just want us to take a moment to sit there to say, like, what happens when we make it personal? Because here's the thing, all right? I think most of us today would say that it's good for someone to invest in the church, amen? It's good for somebody to do it. We all, we all enjoy the fruit that King's Church offers us, don't we? Unless you were drugged here by your girlfriend this morning and you're just here to make her happy, that's cool too, we're glad you're here. But I would say most of us would say that we genuinely enjoy the fruit that King's Church offers, right? We genuinely enjoy the shade of of the tree that is King's Church, don't we? And it's fruit is amazing. Fruit is fun. Fruit is tangible and it's visible and we can see it. We can look around this incredible facility, right? If you're watching online, like you understand that, man, we've, we've made this available and this countries all over the world can tune in. It's amazing to show up here and see that there's literally hundreds of volunteers that are serving you when you show up every weekend, right? You're just that special. You're that, where else do you go in the world where there's hundreds of people that are here to serve you and help you, right? And we've got an amazing children ministry and our kids love being a part of this church and there's just we celebrated just a couple months ago 120 baptisms in one weekend the most we've ever done in one weekend in the history of our church God is on the move yeah it's visible tangible fruits right and we all love it. We all enjoy it. It's amazing. And, 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 and here's the thing. Fruit is, is easy to see. And it's, it's, it's easy, to, it's easy to, to quantify. But I want to challenge us today to see beyond the fruit to the seed. Because here's the thing. That fruit can't grow unless someone plants a seed. Amen? And that's really what this entire series has hinged on. Is the forest of potential that exists in every single seed. 
And the kingdom of God is like this. Like Jesus explained this for us. We've got this in the book of Mark that I want to highlight for you today. Is that Jesus actually set it up. Like the whole inspiration for this series is actually surprise Jesus, right? And this is the way he sets it up for us. And I want you to see this in Mark chapter 4, what he says about the kingdom of God. All right, so check this out. He says, I'm explaining what the kingdom is like for you. He said, the kingdom of God is like this. A man scatters seed on the ground. I want you to take note of that. Just, just a man. Just one person. Ordinary Dude, all by himself, a man scatters seed on the ground, and night and day, whether he sleeps or he gets up, the seed sprouts and grows. I love that, though he does not know how. All right, how many of you right now? I could I could give you all a little packet of seeds, and you could take it home, and you could plant it in your garden, or I don't know something on your windowsill, whatever. And like you know that if you plant seeds and you do some reasonable amount of work, and you give it a little bit of attention, a little bit of love, a little bit of water, that eventually something for some of us, unless we're really plant killers, right? Something's going to grow from those seeds. That's how the world works. That's how God's designed it. I know that is true, but I can't tell you how it happens, right? I know that if I'm faithful. And I sow that something can grow and come of that because that's how God's made it. But I have no idea how that all works. Maybe some of us are smart enough to understand germination and all of that. But we just basically know we put something in the ground and something grows up. Amen. He sows and he does not know how. And all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts a sickle to it because the harvest has come. And this is what the kingdom of God looks like, church. This is what Pastor Brent has been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Is that there's an amazing partnership, right? It's that, it's that circle of life that Brent was singing about last weekend, right? That it's like, this is the way God has made it and ordained it and designed it. That we have to be faithful to sow and to plant and to invest. And that it's God who grows and does something amazing and incredible with it, right? And I love this picture in Mark because it's just, it's a man. It's an ordinary person, an ordinary individual. And all he's doing is being faithful. He's scattering the seed on the ground. He's planting. He's investing. He's giving. He's volunteering. He's giving his first fruits. And although he does not know how, when he sleeps and when he lies down and when he gets up, God grows it and does something amazing and incredible with it today. And I want us to see beyond the fruit that is King's Church to the seed that's been invested here over years and years and years. And there's people that have gone before us that have made that possible for every single one of us. Almighty God is behind all of the seed that happens, all of the seed that grows, all of the things that he ordains here is not anything that any single person can take credit for. But there is this amazing component that it requires us to come alongside of it and partner with what God is doing. And here's, here's the thing. I, I, I have some friends here at this church. Like it's, not, it's not lost on me that the amazing fruit that we all benefit from here at King's Church and that we all get to experience on a regular basis. That this didn't just happen overnight, right? Like you understand that fruit doesn't just appear overnight. Someone had to plant a seed at some point. And I was, I was talking to some of my friends a couple of months ago that have been in this church for a long time. Their names are Murray and Clara Bickford. And they've been in this church for years and years. Many of you know them. Many of your lives have been impacted by them. And uh, we just had a conversation. We were walking through the building, and they were sharing some of the stories. Clara specifically was, like, sharing some of the stories with me about how things used to be and how things used to look. And, man, I can remember when it was just a small group of us. And, like, some of you may not know that this church began in Lakefield Elementary in 1981. And it was a group of people that had a vision 
for what could happen if they were faithful and what could happen if they invested and what could happen if they sowed seed into this community and seeds of investment. And so they began to meet together and they began to pray. And in 1981, Murray and Clara Bickford were there. And then in 1983, they built the very first building that we have here. And so they just began to share some of those stories with me and the vision that God had placed in their heart. And then we sort of walked through the building and they started to say things like, oh, I can remember when this used to look like this and, and this was there. And Clara was saying, it's just amazing for me to look around and to see the thousands of people that come to church here now and the thousands of kids that come through our doors and all of these families and all of these people that are experiencing Jesus and all of these people that are getting baptized and just the amazing fruit that because they've stuck around for 38 years that they're now able to experience. And listen, I was so, I was so moved and I was so impacted and I was so convicted and challenged by what they were sharing with me that I, I, I got a hold of them like a week later and I begged them to come back and to do it again because I was like, listen, I want to record this and I want to share it with our community and with our church because it's just so important that we remember and we recognize we don't just enjoy the fruit, but we see the seed. So listen, Murray and Clara are not the kind of people that would ever uh, aspire to be on video, all right? They're not the kind of people that would ever say, hey, I, I want that job. But I think, I think that makes them the absolute amazing best choice for something like this. And so I want you just to give your time and attention. We made this video with Murray and Claire, and I want you to give it your attention. And I want you to be intentional. Be intentional about thinking, all right, what would happen if I made it personal? Because Murray and Clara sure made it personal. And a lot of people did. It wasn't just them, but they're an amazing example. What would happen if we made it personal? And how can we see beyond the fruit that we all enjoy to the seed? So check out this video. I'm here with uh, Murray and Clara Bickford, great friends of mine, awesome friends that agreed to be here today to share with us and uh, charter members of King's Church, really. Right, guys? How long has it been? Well, 38 years. 38 Not years? We're going to call it, yeah, I think we can call it charter, charter members. Yeah. 38 years, that's, that's a long time. So I thought it'd be awesome if we, uh, you guys were here really when this place was built from the ground up. So I thought it'd be cool if we walked around a little bit and yeah. just relive some of those memories that so you guys have invested in and seen happen over the years. So let's go start in the old worship center. You want to do that? Check that out. Yeah, this was the back wall of the regional church right here. Okay. This 18 feet or whatever it is in here, 20 feet or whatever it was, but they have it on. This was another project. Yeah. This would have been the start. We'd be standing outside right now yeah. in the original yeah, church. Right. Okay. Into this room. This was yeah. the original worship center. Yeah. This yeah. was the first spot. Entrance to the church. It was right here in this corner here. Okay. Coming in here. Yeah. I guess it was up here because the bathrooms were along back here. And so the entrance into the main sanctuary is right, right here. Wow. It was it was a planned expansion from the beginning, you know, and there was an upstairs over it. Okay. And, uh, and so you guys knew even when you built it, you built it in mind knowing, yeah. hey, we wanna we yeah, wanna expand, expand yeah, someday. Right. Exactly, yeah. As we grow. Yeah. Yeah. And you were only this wasn't the this was the first building that we had, but it wasn't yeah. where the church started. No. The church actually started in Lakefield Elementary. Lakefield Elementary, right? Right. Yeah. In nineteen eighty one. And we outgrew it there. Outgrew it within a couple of years. Was it was oh, it eighty yeah. three that we we Got broke ground on yeah. this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I wasn't even born until 86. Just, <laughs> just to give you an idea. I wasn't even, uh, that's, I love that though, because there's so much rich history that so many of us, we would just have no idea if we didn't talk to people that were here. That's awesome. Yep. And then once you outgrew this room, 
Then we did the expansion on the other side where our worship center is today. Is that is that right? Yes. Yeah. We did, there was a, there was a few different expansions, wasn't there? We had yeah, we had four, three or four or five expansions in this building. Yeah, four. Okay. We had to, we had so you just kept the four or five times, just kept bumping the walls out yeah, a little bit and added right. another room or two. We really, yeah. when they start decided to build that other place, we thought, oh my, we'll never ever afford it. Right. But we kept coming and we, we never even yeah. entered our head to leave the church ever. It was a couple of times that we had to really sacrifice yeah. to, to keep the place going. I love that because you can't imagine that there's, you guys have been part of this church for 38 years, yeah. like we were saying earlier from the very beginning. And along a journey like that, we would be foolish, really, to think that that all 38 of those years were easy, oh, no, and that no, it was no. always simple. Like no, no, there had to be, like you were saying, there oh, yeah. obviously had to be those oh, moments along oh, the way, yeah. those rocky moments oh, where yeah, it was. Were some. Can we really do this, or do we really want to stick around yeah. for this? Like, no. is this really but where we, we're we called? We wanted to be faithful for our kids, and I mean, they wouldn't be where they are today if it wasn't for this church, and that's worth a million dollars. Right. That's the best investment that you could ever make with yeah. your life, right? You know, that core of people there way back when we first started, they, they were they were they were a strong bunch of people, you know. They were, yeah. People that were committed yeah. and yeah. sold out, right? right? To see oh, yeah. to see a move of God. Yeah. And you guys were literally paying the way yeah. out of your own pockets yeah. for everything that was happening. Yeah. So you weren't just investing we weren't <laughs> all of your time and energy building yeah. these big elaborate Broadway sets at the Imperial Theater wanted you to bring over there and use there, but you were also like tithing and giving and sacrificially, yeah. like campaign yeah. after campaign, yeah. initiative after initiative. Yeah. Even building this church here, we we had a contract to do it, but they even let us help help out in a lot of things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they were contractors and you yeah. guys would come in and work kind yeah, of side they, by they side. Allowed us shoulder to, do to shoulder. Some stuff. They wouldn't let us, some stuff they wouldn't let us do it because of safety. Right, but, right. So even, even I love it, even down to like the studs yeah. and the nails in these walls, like hiring contractors yeah. to do it, but then there's yeah. still that, there's that sweat equity yeah. of the original members that were right here yeah. working alongside of That's why we, I think we a lot of are committed. It's part of our life and part of our home almost, like, you know, part of our own. That's why it's not us older people stuck with it. And, yeah. You know. Well, that and that's what I wanted to sit there for a second because I love that you said that, Clara, that over 38 years, and you were saying this too, Murray, that there were moments where it was, there were bumps in the road, yeah. and there were difficulties, and I'm sure there was, on even on that core team and that group of founders, really, there were disagreements, I'm sure, and differences of opinions and how things should be done, and, but at some point, you had to make a decision to say, yeah. like, we're committed to seeing this through yeah. no matter what, and I'm sure there were changes along the years, over those 38 years, where things begin to shift where, you almost had to sacrifice for the way things were, right? Like music styles. Yeah. We're not doing oh, the yeah. same music we were yeah. back in the day, no. right? Not even close. We're not. <clears throat> we're not doing like the big productions anymore, no. and things have just sort of changed. And the church is just as alive as it ever was. Yeah. Well, why don't we head over to uh, head over to the other side, the new side, and uh, the new worship center? Check out what it looks like. You guys were saying when you moved over here, there was a real sense of, it was a big face step to say like, are we ever A, gonna be able to to pay for this mm -hmm. and B, get enough people to actually, yes. to actually fill yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah. I think awesome. every move we made encouraged us to keep steady and be uh, 
you know, commit it and to, to keep going. Yeah. You know, like, because it was exciting. And I love now when you see all the families and kids. And if they just try to do something, like even if they just volunteer. Yeah. I mean, we did maintenance. We did the cleaning here for about six years. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Retired. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. And I think that that's so important for us today because in the beginning you were saying that those those people that were here first they sacrificed so much to get it off the ground today there there's almost a perception in, in people in my generation mm -hmm. where we come to a church and it's a larger church to think yeah. i can just come in and i can just kind of watch and then i can leave and yeah. someone else is going to do all of that yeah. someone else is going to yeah. do the investment yeah. someone else is going to yeah. do the building yes. i know yeah. because there's so many people we think well set up the chair my yeah, investment yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. really matter yeah, yeah, and it's stories that. like this show that like if we're like what if what if we took our investment in this church today as seriously as you guys did 38 years ago? Like, what could I be standing here in 38 years talking about all the amazing things that I've seen happen, right? It starts mm -hmm. here. How many more buildings do we have? Or how many more locations do we have? Or how many yeah. more people are in church? Because I was faithful mm -hmm. with my investment, right? You gotta be faithful and you gotta volunteer. If it's just one little thing, everybody can do something and you get more involved. You see what's going on. You come in here with a group, and it doesn't matter what it is. You see what's going on. People say, "I didn't realize you did all this." You know, yeah. be faithful yeah. and and contribute to the church. Just don't come through the doors and walk out. You've right. got to, you've got to be yeah. faithful. To find a place to plug find, in. Find a place to plug in. Yeah. yeah. And I always say, people, you should introduce yourself every Sunday to somebody you don't know. I still do it every Sunday. Yeah, and what's there are still people to this day that would give you personal credit for saying that you, that you are the reason that they are a part of this church. Hey everybody, my name is Peter Buck and I serve on the board here at King's Church as treasurer and my wife and I have been coming here for probably the last 15 years. Just want to give a big shout out to uh, Murray and Claria Bickford. You guys are the reason that uh, we had such a warm welcome here at King's Church when we first started coming. And uh, we probably wouldn't have been here if it hadn't been for you guys uh, serving. And, and Murray, you uh, taking my family, me and my wife and my three kids when we walked in the door and showing us around and making us feel welcome. And then looking for us after the service, my wife and I were able to go in and enjoy the Sunday service and the message and come out with no stress. And then you made sure you looked for us and you took us around and, and made sure we picked up our children. And then when we came back, because we felt so welcome, uh, you really looked for us and, and you remembered us. And, and that small act of kindness really meant a lot to us and really endeared us to, to King's Church. And, you know, we found that kind of spirit here at King's Church. These, these uh, you know, kind and simple folks that just want to serve. Um, and we felt welcome here. And, you know, your contribution to our attendance here has really helped us grow in our relationship with Jesus. And that's what I think King's Church is all about. So never underestimate the impact of a small act of service because uh, all, all Jesus asks us to do is to put our heart out there and serve for him. And we have to give the impact of that service over to him and put that in his hands that he will grow that for his glory and his kingdom. And Murray and Clara, that's certainly what you guys have done for us. That small act of service of just greeting us at the front door and bringing us in and making us feel welcome has just helped us develop our relationship with Jesus. So thanks so much.
This is where the magic happens, really. Even to this day, when we need something built, we need, a, we need a prop or something. This is Murray's, yeah. Murray's zone. How many hours do you think you put in down here? Or I Would you even venture to guess? No, I wouldn't venture to guess. Yeah, that's my my stuff over there. See? Oh, look at yeah. Literally says Murray's stuff. That's amazing. did you make that sign? Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. That's investment right there. You can. There are. I don't know if there's anybody else in King's Church that has a loft cabinet that says my name on it. This is my stuff. So if you can put enough time in. An investment in a King's Church to get your own loft cabinet. Yeah. It says Murray's stuff. Um, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. It's been amazing for me even to hear and to learn from you guys. 38 years in, still going strong. Any any regrets? No. At all? No. No. No, no regrets? No regrets at all. All the hours you put in and all the sweat equity. No, it was just, just... Even when it was hard? Yeah. So I just want to say thank you on behalf of our entire church family. I say thank you because, I, like I said upstairs, my family, my generation, and the people that are a part of the church now are literally benefiting from the fruit of your investment and the seed you planted in this place. Isn't that incredible? Amazing. Thank you so much, Murray and Claire. And I really was. I hope you were as challenged as I was listening to that. Sometimes... The story of the way someone lives their life does the preaching for you. Amen? And to hear their story of how they've invested here, and they even did the cleaning here for years, and it's just, there's no clearer illustration, I don't think, of what it looks like to actually make it personal, <clears throat> to like live your life in such a way that giving the best of yourself to the church, like literally working side by side along the with the contractors and all those original expansions that they did that led us to the moment that we're, that we're living in right now. And they've stuck around long enough. You know, when we plant a seed, it takes time, right, to see the fruit. And they've stuck around long enough now to start to benefit from some of that fruit. And we are literally, our generation is literally benefiting from the fruit of the seed that they sowed into this place 38 years ago. And I can't help but hear a story like that and to hear their story. And that's why I wanted to share it with you because, like, I can't help but think, like, for my life and for us, what if we made it personal? What if next week when we showed up and we gave of our time and our talent and our treasure, like, what would change in our families? What would change in our community? Like, this is amazing fruit, but there's so much more. Amen? Like, if we're faithful to sow, God will be just as faithful to grow in the future as he has been over the last 38 years. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so what if we were faithful to sow and to say, what if we made it personal? What if we took as much stock in this place and owned it as much as Murray and Clara did? What else could God have for us? How many other thousands of people are waiting for us to invest ourselves the way that Murray and Clara did? And when I was listening to their story, like I was also struck by some of the parallels with this, this Old Testament book of Nehemiah that maybe you guys have seen before. And in Nehemiah, that basically, I don't have time to get into all the history of it today, but there's an amazing uh, relationship that God had with the people of Israel and Abraham and all those descendants. And they built this beautiful city of Jerusalem, the capital city. But then they were eventually, after hundreds of years, they were taken over by the Persian Empire and they were exiled out of Jerusalem. And this beautiful city that had these amazing walls, all this incredible fruit of what it looked like to live and to partner with the kingdom of 
God was destroyed and was torn down. And this man named Nehemiah came back hundreds of years later from exile, and he was just so moved and, and, like, and was so distraught that this, this amazing testament that had been to God's glory and his goodness and all of this fruit was now a disgrace, and it was now broken down. And he said, we need to rebuild this. We need to do this together. We've got to rebuild these walls. We've got to restore it to its former glory. Nehemiah made it personal, just like Murray and Clara did. And there were people that said, you can't do it, and it can't happen, and it won't happen, and there's better places to invest yourself. But I want to just say to us today, like, what happens if we make it personal? What happens if we make it personal like Nehemiah did and said, no, we can do this together. There's so much at stake. It needs to happen. We need to make it personal the way that the Bickfords did. Here's what I think happens when we're willing to say, you know what, I'm going to invest myself into this church, the very best of myself, the very best of my life. First thing that's going to happen is it's going to reach further. Your seed of investment, your time, your talent, your treasure, all right, your volunteer hours, your money, your offerings, all of that, it's going to reach further than it ever could on its own. There's so many different places we could invest our lives, aren't there? So many different places we could give our time to, so many different places we could invest the best of ourselves. But when we invest it in the local church, when we hear stories like we just did with Murray and Clara Bickford, like it's going to reach further than it ever could on its own. Even with Nehemiah, he understood this too. And so he went to the people and he said, we need to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The people said, you can't do it. It's too big. There's too much to be done. And they begin to, if you read through the book, it's just incredible because they begin to own it and say, okay, I'm going to rebuild the portion of the wall that is directly across from my home. That's making it personal. I'm going to take this portion of the wall and I'm just going to begin to replace brick by brick by brick. I'm going to rebuild this wall in front of my home. And it's, going to, it's, it's personal investment. It's benefiting from it. Like what changes and transforms in our families when we're willing to give and to invest? Nehemiah understood it and the Bickfords understood it. If you leave a hole in the wall in front of your house, it affects you, right? It affects everybody around you. It's us in it together. And what's incredible if you read through that book of Nehemiah that they were facing opposition, kind of like Murray and Claire were talking about. There were moments along those 38 years where it wasn't easy, guys. Like what led to this moment and the fruit that we're benefiting from and the shade of the tree that we get to enjoy wasn't easy. And it was a sacrifice. They didn't just build it with their bare hands, but they actually paid for it. And they actually funded it. When Nehemiah was rebuilding these walls, there were enemies from without, surrounding nations that were fighting them and trying to stop them and trying to hold them back from what they were doing. There were critics from within that said, you can't do it. It can't be done. You at least shouldn't be doing it this way. So many voices saying the opposite. So much conflict, so much tension. In our lives, there's conflict and tension at times, isn't there? Like some of you feel like you're facing opposition right now. Some of you would say, you know, I can, I can barely keep my head above water as it is. How would I ever find time to invest in the church? I can barely pay my bills as it is. How could I ever invest in the church. That's a real life story and real life opposition that we all face. But I loved it, like the stories from Nehemiah and people like the Bickfords that said whatever it took, whatever the sacrifice was, like there was moments when we were scared, moments when we didn't think we could do it. I love when Clara said like we weren't sure we were ever going to be able to pay for it. When they built this room, they didn't have this many people to pack into it. Now we fill it up. We had to have multiple services to fill it all up, right? Because someone was faithful to invest the seed. They don't know how it grows. They don't know how God does it. They don't know how he accomplishes it. They just believed that he could and that he would. 
And there's so much going on in our lives. We've got our jobs are busy. Maybe you've got a business that's growing. You have people that depend on you. And our kids are enrolled in 27 different sports and activities. And our car broke down this week. Listen, I live life too. I know what it's like. Like there's so many other places that I could invest myself. But people like the Bickfords remind us, remind me that pound for pound, dollar for dollar, the best place that I could invest my life is in the local church. It's going to reach further than it ever could on its own. I love there's a passage in, in, in Nehemiah there at the end of chapter 4. It says, it says, Neither I nor my brothers, this is while they're building the wall, or my men or the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon even when he went for water. There was moments when the enemies were attacking that they literally had to carry a sword in one hand and then a trowel and laying bricks in the other. There was so much going on that they had to be sort of fighting on two fronts at once. And it's like that, I love that there's no compartmentalization. Even when they went for water, that tells me at every single juncture of their lives that the mission was at the forefront of their minds. And for me, I don't know about you, but I can compartmentalize my life pretty easily. It's like, oh, my name's Andy Broad, and uh, this, is, this, is, this is where I work, and this is, uh, this is all the things that I'm involved in, and my kids are involved in all these sports, and I volunteer at the SBCA and all these things. And oh yeah, I also go to church. And I'm also involved in, like, it's, it's compartmentalization, right? And I think I hear stories like the Bickfords, and I read stories like this from Nehemiah, and it reminds me that, no, 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 the, there is no compartmentalization in the kingdom. Like, this is our life. It is our absolute best bet for our best investment. There's so many other things, but this is going to reach further than I ever could on my own. It's the single most important thing. And I do not say this lightly, church. The single most important thing that we could ever do with our lives is sow our seed of investment into the local church. It'll reach further. And the second thing is just this, is that it's going, to, it's going to remain longer. It's eternal. That when we give to the church, it remains. It sticks around. Like even when Nehemiah rebuilt those walls in the Old Testament thousands of years ago, you could go to Jerusalem today. There's still portions of that wall that are standing that you could stand on. What the Bickfords did with their lives, even though they weren't sure, even they weren't completely, didn't have the full picture, and God didn't tell them everything that was going to happen 38 years down the road. They believed in something that was eternal, something that mattered, something that was significant, something that was going to outlast them, outlast their kids, outlast the next generation. It'll remain longer. And so many of us today are benefiting from the fruit of what they did, but we need to not just see the fruit, we need to see the seed. We need to see the seed of how many thousands of other people are counting on you and I to invest ourselves that way. How many thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of other people are counting on people like us today in 2019 to make it personal, to say, what's it look like for me to give? What transforms in my life? What transforms in my family? What transforms on my street, in my community, in my city? If I make it personal and I give, there's nothing more eternal or significant than the local church. When I was growing up, a bunch of old preachers, they used to have this line, they loved you, they used to say, eternity hangs in the balance. Anybody ever grow up in church like that? Eternity hangs in the balance. And you know what? I used to laugh, but they were not wrong. They were on to something. Like, what we are doing here matters for all of eternity. All the other things that I could do with my life, the places that I could volunteer, the places I could invest, the boats I could buy, the cars, the nice houses, all of that, None of that is going to matter beyond this life. But what we sow into the local church matters and remains longer than anything else in the entire world. I love that. And, and uh, the last thing I want to let you guys know is this. We're going to do some baptisms here in just a moment. 
It'll remain longer, but it's also going to be revered above all. That there's a certain level of, even today as we honored Murray and Claire at Bickford and we honored others like them, there's a certain level of human honor and recognition that comes with that. But, but here's the thing. Murray, the greatest privilege in Murray and Clara's life isn't me standing here telling them how thankful for, that I am and my family is for what they've done and this fruit that they've grown here and what they've accomplished in this church. That's not the greatest achievement in their life. Like the greatest achievement in their life is going to be when they stand face to face with Jesus, just like we all will someday. And he looks them in the eyes and he says, well done. Good job. You, you gave me something that I could work with. You sowed something into your community, into your city that I could use, that I could grow, something that's going to affect eternity. There's hundreds of people that are getting baptized because you were faithful, because you made it personal, because you sowed. All of us get that opportunity to stand face to face with God someday, and he looks us in the eye. And there was no greater privilege for me that I could think of of my life to be able to stand and God look at me and said, you gave me something that I could work with. Well done. Good job, Andy. You made it personal. You took it seriously. You saw beyond the fruit to the seed. You didn't just watch. You didn't just stay on the bench, but you got in the game and you made a difference and you owned the mission. You put your brick in the wall. You built the portion in front of your house. You made it personal. There's no greater honor than we're going to have to stand face to face with Jesus someday and, and have him say that to us. There's a passage in the book of Matthew that talks talks about this where the master Jesus is telling a parable and the master replied well done good and faithful servant you've been faithful with a few things but now I'll put you in charge of many things come and share your master's happiness someday we're all going to have that opportunity to stand there and have Jesus say to us like well done good job what did you do with what I gave you what did you do with what I trusted you with how did you invest it how did you sow it who benefited? How did, how did your life change because of the way that you sowed and invested your life? And we're going we're gonna to celebrate baptisms here together this morning. And, and, and here's, here's the thing, all right? Every single person that gets baptized in our church, we celebrate, don't we? And we love it, and it's an amazing thing. But every single person that gets baptized is not a life unto themselves. They don't stand on their own. Everybody is here because somebody tilled the soil. Somebody planted the seed. Somebody paved the way. Somebody paid the price. Somebody made this possible. Somebody stepped out and had a moment of interaction in their life. Somebody sowed a seed and was faithful. And every single person that's going to get baptized here today, that is true for them. We're going to celebrate that together, and it's going to be amazing, and it's going to be incredible. Well, I want us to see beyond the fruit to the seed. Amen? And here's the thing. We're going to have a, we're going to have a moment to get baptized here in just a second, and uh, we're going to have people that are going to come, and this is something that, we, that we've been doing, the church has been doing since the beginning of time. Jesus himself commended this for us. It's a sacrament that we practice, that, you know, that we, when we go under the waters in baptism, when we, when we come up, it symbolizes new life. It's death to self, and it's a resurrection in the new life with Jesus. It's death to an old ways of sin and broken lines of thinking, and it's new life in Jesus. And I don't know about you, but there are so many more thousands of people that need to experience this today. So many more seeds that need to be sown. Amen? So many more opportunities for us, for you and I, to make it personal and to sow and to invest. So I'm going to invite us to stand this morning, if you would, stand together. And I'm going to, I'm going to invite, there's, there's people that have already signed up that came to this place today, and you were planning to get 
baptized here today. So I'm going to invite you, if that, if that was you, we've got a center aisle right here at the room, and I'm going to invite all of our baptism candidates to just come and form a line right here down the center aisle. It feels a little bit like a wedding, right? We're joining ourselves to Jesus. That's on purpose, and that's okay. And they're going to come, and they're going to get in place. The parents, if you've got children, you can come get in line with them. That's amazing. Form a line down the center aisle. Here's the thing. There's two groups of us today, all right, that I want to point out in this room right now as we prepare to celebrate. The first is you, maybe you haven't been baptized. And I would say to you, I would suggest that today is your day. If you believe in Jesus and you can recognize that he is the Lord and Savior of your life, that his death and resurrection paved a way for new life for you, then today can be your day. That you can get out of your seat and you can join them in the center aisle right now. Today, for some of you, to get, in order for you not to get baptized, you would literally have to argue and fight with the Holy Spirit who's convicting you to do it, all right? And that is not a fight that is easily won. I will tell you that right now. So if that's you, you can come out of your seat and you can join them in the center aisle and we will celebrate that baptism with you today like don't even wait don't fight him on it don't argue with him you're gonna lose anyway all right just get out of your seat form a line if you got your clothes on that's all right we've got shirts we've got towels that we will give you we want to celebrate baptism with you today it's death to life it's fruit it's visible tangible fruit all right if that's you don't wait the second group of us is those of us who have been baptized all right those of us Maybe some of us like the Vickfords, we've been around for a while. We've seen this happen a few times over the course of the years. Amen? And we've seen it happen time and time again. Uh, we're, it's all fruit here today. This is all fruit that we're celebrating. It's all fruit of somebody's labor, seeds that someone has sown. But I want you to see today beyond the fruit to the seed. Amen? I want us to see that somebody was faithful. Somebody sowed. Somebody invested. Somebody made a difference. Somebody planted this seed and opportunity. Someone sowed served. Someone volunteered. Someone shook a hand. Murray Bickford was a frontline head of the teams of the red shirts for years and years of the church. Every hand that he shook was seed. People's lives literally changed because he was faithful to show up and shake a hand. His time, his talent, his treasure. See beyond just the fruit to the seed. Listen, if you're wanting to get baptized, come forward right now. we got some amazing people right here in the center aisle. Those of you guys who are here, you've got the baptism shirts on. You're ready to roll. That's awesome. We celebrate with you today. I just want to ask you a couple of really simple questions. All right, all of you here with your baptism shirts on, ready to roll, you're here today because you're trusting in Jesus. Amen. You're here today because you are sold out to him and you want to serve him with the rest of your life and there's no turning back. If that's true for you, will you say, I do? I do. Awesome. We love that. And we celebrate with you today. Guys, when these guys go under the water, when they come up, we're just going to erupt in praise. Amen. We're going to celebrate the fruit that is the result of someone's investment, the seed that someone sowed. As they're coming forward right now, don't wait. This is your opportunity. Join them in the center aisle. And with Greg and Pastor Dan, Pastor Greg, we will baptize you right now in the name of the Father and the Holy Spirit. So let's worship together as they come, church.
seed to someone. So listen, it's not too late for you today. We're going to sing that chorus one more time. Listen, if you are white-knuckling it, if the Spirit is weighing heavy, just don't fight it. Don't argue with Him. Why do it? Listen, His salvation is enough. Amen? He died for you. He made it personal, just like someone did for these people. So we're going to sing it one more time today. If that's you, walk down the center aisle. We'll give you a shirt. We'll give you a towel. Today is your day. All right? Let's sing it together. We'll see. We'll see you break down every wall. We'll watch the giants fall. We'll think you not survive when we praise you. The God of the break is on our side. Forever lifted high. With all creation cries. Let's sing it again. We'll see. We'll see you break down every Your time, your talent, your treasure matters. Eternity hangs in the balance. We're going to come together next week, and we're going to give like somebody's life depends on it. Amen? We're going to give like our lives depend on it. We're going to commit ourselves to the most eternal, the most significant thing that any of us will ever be a part of. Listen, if God's working in your life, I think we've got people that are going to pray today. I'm pretty sure. Come on forward. We'll find someone to pray with you. We love you. Go in the grace and the peace of God as you leave this week. Don't forget your Jingle Jam tickets are going to be available tomorrow, all right? Let's be nice and let's be the church. It gets ugly real fast when people are trying to get Christmas at the Imperial tickets, okay? Be nice to each other. Be gracious. Get your tickets tomorrow. That will be awesome, but just go in the knowledge that God loves you, that he is for you, and make sure you are here next weekend because it's literally going to change everything, all right? If you want prayer, you can come forward right now. We'll see you next week. We love you, church. <laughs>